Are you ready? Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, to Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. Baby. That's me. And today's podcast is, you know, things we weren't allowed to talk about until now. You got to ask yourself, why the hell aren't we allowed to talk about something in a country whose first inalienable right is free speech? Right. You got to ask yourself, how come we can't talk about certain things? Are we dumb and deaf? I mean, how come we don't know what what we're supposed to know? Right. Why does our police federal agencies... And elected government officials hide things like killer manifestos and other sensitive materials from the public when it is the public who's been perpetrated upon, right? I mean, wouldn't you like to know why something happened to a murdered son or daughter while in the care of the public school system? Wouldn't you want to know why? Wouldn't you like to hear the truths about you know, Epstein, Clinton, Biden, Trump, and all the rest? Don't the crimes of our leaders mean anything to anyone? You know, or are, are these positions above us? Huh? Well, that's a tricky question, isn't it? Aren't folks who are supposed to run this country elected officials, aren't they supposed to be our peers, right? Is it that we do not want to talk about these things? Or is it that we do not know how? Huh. Well, I'll tell you this. It's more like we're being told what to think and how to think and letting that happen all by itself. Okay, laziness of the mind has overtaken us because there is so much news media that we think we understand what we're being told when in fact, you know what? We do understand it. How about that? We are just being given slanted viewpoints that meet agendas, not the truths we so desperately desire. And that's why we understand what we're being told because we're being told something in a way that we can understand it. It just isn't the truth. Only it's framed as the truth, you know? Like, here's a perfect example of that. Um, Ms. Murphy, does it concern you, some of the uh, revelations that have been coming out of the Oversight Committee about the millions of dollars that have been paid to the Biden family recently? I'm not aware of money being paid to the Biden family. Oh, you're not aware of that at all? No, sir. That's interesting. You're the, you, you work for the FBI, right? Yes, sir, I do, but I would respectfully refer you to the, the investigators over that case. I'm sure we can get you a brief on that. The, that is not a case that, that I handle. Yeah, well, I don't need a brief on that, ma'am, to know that there are nation states that have paid millions of dollars to the Biden family. Wow. He doesn't need, he doesn't need reports. He has them. He doesn't need any reports from her. He doesn't need to talk to any of those people. He has the reports in front of him, which means he's got proof in front of him. You know, that Hunter Biden laptop thing, that was, that was called Russian collusion and Russian disinformation, uh, but it wasn't, right? All of a sudden, it's not. I mean, we couldn't talk about it on Twitter, and if you did, they took down your post, like they took down the New York, New York, New York Post's account. Literally got rid of the New York Post's account because they weren't on board with what um, Twitter was saying about what, how Twitter felt about the Hunter Biden laptop story, okay? Uh, it was acquired in 2020, by the New York Post, this laptop. And they published an article claiming that they have obtained that laptop belonging to Hunter Biden. The laptop was reportedly dropped off at a repair shop in Delaware in 2019, but was never retrieved by the owner. The shop owner allegedly made a copy of the laptop's hard drive, which he later provided to the FBI and Rudy Giuliani 
a lawyer and ally of former President Donald Trump. And that's the mistake. Never should he have given it to a political ally of anybody. It is a legal thing, not a political thing. It should have just been given to the FBI or the Secret Service, actually, right? Because Biden was, was, was a vice president at the time that all of this stuff was happening with, with, his, with Hunter's laptop before that. So all that information that's on there is from when Biden was either vice president or working with the government outside of his vice presidency. There was contents on that laptop which had said to contain thousands of emails, photos, and other personal documents purportedly belonging to Hunter Biden, right? These materials allegedly suggested impropriety and potentially incriminating information about Hunter Biden business dealings, including his involvement with, are you ready? The Ukrainian energy company, Barisma Holdings, and his connections with Chinese officials. I'm going to say to you that we've been giving money to the Ukraine hand over fist while Biden has been president, and I'm going to tell you that's a grift. It's a grift by the Chinese. It's a grift by the Ukrainians. It's a grift from the Russians. Somebody knows something they're not supposed to know because we had started up this government, our government had started a, um, opening up an investigation into Burisma while Trump was president. Allegations of corruption. The laptop story was presented by some as evidence of corruption involving Hunter Biden and, by extension, his father, Joe. Critics alleged that Hunter Biden's business dealings overseas created conflicts of interest and raised questions about potential influence uh, peddling. (laughs) These claims were particularly relevant in the context of Joe Biden's presidential campaign as they sought to undermine his credibility. Hmm. I don't think that's what that was. I don't think it was about undermining his credibility, although I believe that if it did, people were happy. How about this uh, whole disputed authenticity thing, right? You weren't allowed to talk about the authenticity of the laptop either, were you? The authenticity and veracity of the laptop's contents have been subject to intense debates. Skeptics have raised questions about the provenance of the laptop and whether the information was tampered with or fabricated it even. Some cybersecurity experts also noted the possibility of a potential disinformation campaign, while others expressed concerns about lack of transparency and proper forensic examination. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, old Hillary had some proper forensic examination, didn't didn't she? She taught us that we could just scrub our emails. Okay. Fact-checking and media coverage uh, followed publication, uh, following the publication of the New York Post article, major social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook, restricted the sharing and distribution of the story. They cited concerns about, ready, potential disinformation and violations of their policies regarding hacked materials. But nobody was hacking their stuff. And nobody hacked these materials. This laptop was handed over to a repair place so he could see everything on it not hacked. Several media organizations refrained from reporting extensively on the story, citing the lack of independently verified information. What independently verified information? You're supposed to be a reporter. I mean, there was a story that came out in 1973 about uh, the robbing of the Democratic National Party's uh, office, the DNC's office. Uh, uh, DNP, rather, their office, right? Well, 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 two reporters decided that wasn't enough information and they dug a little deeper and we got Watergate and we got a president thrown out of there for it. And that's what reporting is all about. But that's not what was happening with the Hunter Biden laptop, was it? No, it was not. So there you go. Do masks really work? I suppose it depends what sort of mask. Uh, well, yes. Um, those sort of 
operating theatre, paper masks. Uh, it's questionable how, how well they work for surgeons as well. But um, these viruses are tiny. They're smaller than the wavelength of light. They will go straight through um, those paper masks or the, the sort of masks you can get to protect yourself from dust from a DIY store. Um, they do, however, stop people from touching their face, but they won't stop people from touching their eyes, which is a potential route to infection as well. And of course, if people remove the mask to drink and eat and things like that, my main concern with masks is that they'll give people a false sense of security and they won't observe the proper hand hygiene, which is, I think, crucial in stopping the spread of this. Yeah, and it seems to me, see people wearing a mask and there are gaps all over the place. I mean, I don't know if it's just you feel better maybe wearing a mask. Uh, I, I think does, that, that doesn't know, could, really can, can, uh, solve things. lull people into a false sense of security. I mean, even if you had a ceiling mask, somebody like me with a beard would need to uh, mm. take that into consideration, how it was fitted, so even if they did work. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of thinking about a mask, huh? A lot, a lot of thinking about wearing a mask. Um, and we were told that they do everything to help, and now it comes out that they did nothing to help. And you fought with your neighbors, and you lost family members over this. Uh, you lost friends over this. Um, you lost people who wouldn't visit your house because you didn't put a mask on in your own home. They wanted to tell you how to live. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic in early 2020, there was a shortage of personal protective equipment, including masks. And as a result... Uh, the, uh, the WHO and the CDC initially advised against widespread usage of masks by the public, and they suggested that masks should be primarily reserved for healthcare workers and individuals displaying COVID-19 symptoms. Do you remember that? I bet you, do. you, know, I bet you don't, because it, it seems like so much information ago. But yeah, originally, we were short on PPE, and they were just for our hospital people, and that was okay. And then all of a sudden, we had some changing recommendations, right? As more research and evidence emerged, the guidance on mask usage evolved. In April 2020, both the WHO and the CDC revised their recommendations acknowledging the potential benefits of mask wearing in reducing the transmission of COVID-19, and they advised the public to wear cloth masks or face coverings, particularly in situations where social distancing was challenging, such as in public settings or when interacting with people outside of one's household, right? But here's the problem. Our government sat with a bunch of companies and said, you're going to do this. And you're going to make your people mask. And everybody that walks into your store is going to feel safe because they're, even if they're not masked, you can't keep them out, even if they're not masked. But you must make your people mask. None of this makes any sense, right? None of this makes any sense. Then there was a controversy of misinformation, right? The shifting guidance on mask usage led to confusion and fueled controversy. Some individuals criticized public health organizations, arguing that the early recommendations undermined trust and neglected the effectiveness of masks. Others spread information about downplaying the importance of mask wearing or claim that masks were effect ineffective or, or even harmful, right? There was a lot of misinformation that was often amplified on social media platforms, making it challenging for public to access accurate and reliable information. How about some scientific evidence, right? What about the scientific evidence for the mask? Well, subsequent scientific studies provided supporting evidence for the effectiveness of masks in, re in, in reducing the spread of COVID-19. Masks act as a barrier, preventing respiratory droplets containing the virus from being released into the air and inhaled by others. Multiple studies indicated that mask wearing combined with other preventive masks, measures like hand hygiene and physical distancing could significantly reduce the transition of the virus, but it didn't. It did not do that. So, look, if you're going to wear a mask to protect yourself from getting the virus from people who aren't wearing the mask, then you assume that the mask works. So, 
If the mask works for preventing you from getting a virus, then consequently, the mask, logically rather, the mask works for you um, spreading the disease as well. And therefore, I should not have to wear a mask. (sighs) Right? Well, that's what people were saying. That logic still applies today. And guess what? Today, that logic is a 100% correct. How did that happen, folks? Right? The public health organization worldwide, including WHO and the CDC, strongly recommended the use of masks as a critical tool in combating the spread of COVID-19. They said they were effective in protecting both the wearer and those around them. So then why did other people need to wear the mask? Particularly in situations where social distancing was challenging. There were different types of masks, such as cloth cloth masks, surgical masks, N95 respirators, and they often varied in levels of protection. The N95 was supposed to be the most effective. And despite the evolving science consensus and update recommendations, despite around uh, debates around mask usage uh, persisted, right? Some arguments against mask wearing, including concerns about individual freedoms, discomfort, or perceived lack of evidence. It's important to note that the overwhelming majority of public health experts and organizations endorsed the mask usage. And it's important to note that. Why? Because today we know it was bullshit. And so all of those people were wrong. And it's nice to know that everybody else was wrong. That's all. Right? Did I wear a mask at work? Yeah, I had to. Did I wear it everywhere else? Only where I had to go in to wear it. That's all. Otherwise, I didn't wear it. But I was not going to, you know, make people feel uncomfortable as a human being. I didn't want to do that. As a human being, I wanted my fellow Americans and my neighbors to feel as comfortable as I would, I would want to feel. And that's really what mask wearing came down to. It came down to personal choice. And that personal choice was vilified by half the country. So, I don't know what to say about all of that. Have enough pieces put together to really change the entire narrative. There is no limits to what they are willing to do to make sure that the full story is never known. A 329-page report published by Senator Marco Rubio examines the political chronology of the COVID-19 outbreak in China, intended to shine a light on operational problems at the Chinese state-run Wuhan Institute of Virology and the possibility of the coronavirus leaking from the lab. The hypothesis that the COVID-19 came from state-run Wuhan lab has continued to be explored by federal lawmakers after the Energy Department determined with low confidence a lab leak was most likely the origin of the disease. The Wuhan lab's parent organization is the Chinese Academy of Sciences, the largest scientific group in China, which is also under government control. In his report, Rubio cites the fact Wuhan lab leaders warned in 2019 of urgent problems and, quote, severe consequences could result from hidden safety dangers, following reports indicating the lab maintained a variety of biosafety problems, saying authors explicitly described as posing a serious risk for the escape of a highly consequential pathogen into the external environment. Wow. And uh, when they, you know, look, when you do a report like that, and you give it to the American people, the folks are going to start asking questions. It was racist to say that this disease came from China, so much so that a reporter grilled President Trump on this, where he said it was a Chinese virus, and she said, how can an ethnicity produce a virus? And he said, it came from China, and she persisted, 
and then he told her to shut up. Okay? Which is exactly what he should have done because she was being stupid, right? Not ignorant. You can't be ignorant when I tell you what I mean when I say it's called the Chinese virus, that it came from China, and then you still do that whole, well, an ethnicity can't. That's just ignorant. That's not ignorant anymore. Sorry. That's stupid, right? So the Wuhan lab leak theory refers to the hypothesis that the COVID-19 virus originated from a laboratory, specifically the Wuhan Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China. Oh, yeah, it did. Because we know that now. You know why we know that? Because the investigation proved that it did. That's why. Look what happens. Look what happens when you do an investigation properly. The origin of the theory gained attention in the early 2020s as a speculative possibility, primarily fueled by the fact that the WIV is located in Wuhan, the city where the first known causes of COVID-19 were reported. It was suggested that a laboratory accident or mishandling of a virus sample could have led to the release of the virus. And when that happened, people got banned on Facebook and Twitter because they figured that there was some kind of lack of evidence that a virology lab would leak a virus, that there's a lack of evidence for that. There's no possible way that that could happen, right? That had to come from, what they call it? Uh, they called it uh, zoonotic transmission, right? Initially, the theory was largely speculative and lacked concrete evidence. The majority of scientific experts and institutions, including the World Health Organization, considered zoonotic transmission from animals to humans as the most likely origins of virus, and they cited SARS and MERS. Bullshit. From a bat? That's where they said it came from a bat. Or even worse, a, a pangalore. A, you know what? I don't even know what the name of it is. A pangalore? This is a ridiculous animal. Okay? Who, who, <laughs> the WHO investigation in early 2021, a joint study by the WHO and, Ch- and the Chinese government, by the way, was conducted to investigate the origins of the virus. Yeah, let's go to the place that the virus started and see if they'll blame themselves. The study included a visit to the, to the WIV. Re- the resulting report released in March 2021 deemed a laboratory leak was, unsh- was extremely unlikely and suggested, once again, zoonotic transmission. Yeah, okay. The hi- the, however, the report also highlighted the need for further investigations and data sharing, which the Chinese say we're going to put in that report because uh, we want to be fair. Okay. There was calls for more investigation despite the release of the WHO report. Not despite. In sp- listen, not despite the release of the WHO report. Because of the WHO report, there was more calls for ongoing transparency and independent investigations of the origins of the virus. Various scientists, governments, and media outlets have urged for a deeper examination, and they got it. Okay, including the lab leak theory, and it has been proven. So intelligence and media reports in 2021 and 2022 decided that they were going to just say it didn't happen, except that we're going to investigate it. And President Biden ordered intelligence agencies to intensify their efforts in examining the origin of the virus, including the possibilities of lab accident. You know why? Because it was going to come out that it was a lab accident and he couldn't hide it anymore. That's why. And then it was discovered that it was the Wuhan <laughs> lab that released the virus, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, Congressman Raskin. I'm just, we spent every day from February on trying to get schools open. We knew that remote education was not a substitute for opening schools, but we also knew that people had to be safe. And maybe it's because I live in New York City. I live near a hospital. Every other minute there was an ambulance. There was terror. 
Our members were terrified, others were terrified. And what we were simply looking for was clear scientific guidance. And when we couldn't get it, we did it ourselves. And we worked with doctors and we worked with others and we just tried to get it out there. Okay, now you're all- Wow, did you hear Randy Weingartner just then? Do you know what that woman just said to you? She just said to you that the uh, teachers union did not believe the science that the federal government was putting out and that they went ahead and got their own scientists and their own science, uh, science people, right, and their own laboratory people and doctors, and they made a report and they put things together and they said, this is what we're going by. We're not going by what you're going by, but everybody else on this, in this country had to do the thing that the federal government did except for the teachers union, and you're, you got to ask yourself why. How come the teachers union can make up their own lab reports and have their own scientists and their own doctors, but everybody else had to do what the federal government said? And how come the, their, their information was conflicting with the federal government's information? I thought the CDC and the WHO were the end-all, be-all of this information. Who the hell was, this, was the teachers union using? That's what I want to know. I want to know who they were using. Because children were out of school and, they, and we were told it wasn't harmful, but now all of a sudden it was. It is. That, that we couldn't talk about reopenings without being vilified. We would, they told us this was better for students' health and there was zero student, that there was going to be zero student deaths, but kids were commit, are committing suicide because of this. The COVID-19 pandemic has, has caused widespread disruptions in the education system across the world, resulting in extended school closures to prevent the spread of the virus. In the United States alone, over 50 million students have been affected by the school closures. And since then, after the schools have gotten back open, 10 million are staying home. Not... They did not not go back to school. They went back to school. But then other things started happening in school besides masks and everything else. Now we had gender transitioning and, you know, people coming to the school and drag and, and all of a sudden that started to happen. And so more people pulled their kids out of school. Now you've got 10 million kids being homeschooled, 40 million kids in the system instead of 50. And out of those 40 million kids, how many of them do you think are underprivileged? I'm going to raise my hand and say most of them right? Because their parents can't afford to keep them out of school because they got to work two jobs, okay? So 50 million students were affected by this, and now 40 million more are going to be affected by the ignorance that our school system is showing. The closures have resulted in a wide range of negative impacts on students, particularly those from disadvantaged backgrounds. Many students have lost access to crucial services such as school meals, counseling, and health care. Had my schools closed when I was a kid, I'd have gone hungry. I promise you. I got almost three meals a day there. I got two meals there. And sometimes if you stayed in the after school program, they gave you dinner too. They don't do any of that anymore. Okay. Um, school closures have also taken its toll on students' mental health as is- social isolation and the stress of the pandemic have led to increased anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues that teenagers have. Graduating students have missed out on milestone events such as prom and graduation ceremonies, further exacerbating the emotional toll. Also, students from low-income families have been disproportionately impacted because they lack access to technology and resources needed for remote learning, right? This has led to some students falling behind in their studies, which may have long-term consequences for their academic and career prospects, and I'm being kind. Some students, many students, almost all of the students, everything is down 18%. Everything, reading, math, history, all of it down 18%. COVID-19 school closures had a wide range of negative impacts on students from loss of important services to mental health issues and educational setbacks, okay? Nobody was addressing these issues. Nobody. We had the uh, FBI 
right? The FBI was investigating school closures. Why? What was the FBI doing in, in that? Why was the FBI calling parents terrorists who wanted the schools back open and the masks gone? Why were they being called terrorists? I don't know the answers to that. Do you? You're exactly right, Allison. We're talking about just 5% of the county here fully vaccinated and just 8% of the folks in this county have received the first dose here. And that comes down to the very heart of the question. Why is there this hesitancy here that is prevailing based off of conversations we've had with folks? And these numbers are reflected in polling where self-described Republicans across the country, about half of them say that either they're not gonna get a vaccine or they're going to wait and see. And in some conversations with folks, including the ones you're about to hear, that's very much what we heard. Take a listen. I don't care if I look like the wise guy or the dumb guy. I, it's my decision. I just decided I'm not gonna do it. I'm a guinea pig if that's the case. Yeah, I don't, I'm not gonna get the COVID vaccine. I don't feel like I, I don't know. I just feel like I'm good. I don't need to, I take vitamins and whatnot. And I'm, I'm pretty healthy, so. Yeah, he takes vitamins and, and whatnot, and he's pretty healthy. You know, not for nothing, but um, I'm going to agree with that guy right there, right? No, he knows his body. He knows he's healthy. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to wear the mask. And in this video, guess what? He's talking to a reporter with the mask under his chin. He's got one on, and he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to get the vaccine either, right? The other guy was wearing the greatest dad, world's greatest dad shirt, <laughs> okay? And he doesn't want to get the shot either. So what was that all about, huh? I mean, you weren't even allowed to talk about vaccines on social media. You're still not allowed to do it without having that stupid COVID-19 banner pop up on you, okay? Or you were going to have your account be, uh, risk having your account being closed. You had to puppet what the CDC said. But, but, but we can't talk about all the money, right, that went to the pharmaceutical companies. We can't talk about that either because that was also misinformation as far as the COVID-19 vaccines were concerned. Uh, it's been a topic of controversy since their development and introduction. The controversy surrounding the vaccines can be attributed to various factors, including the science behind them, public opinion, and theories that have emerged. Here's, an, here's, here's, here's some stuff. Right, how about that? Science. Rapid development, okay? The COVID-19 vaccines were developed at an unprecedented speed, which led to concerns about their safety and efficacy. While the vaccines have undergone rigorous testing and have been shown to be effective in preventing severe illness and death, some people remain skeptical skeptical about their long-term safety. And I want to ask you, what, what, what are some people? What, what's the some people? Go ahead, say it. What's the some people, right? It's Republicans and conservatives, right? Those are the some people. Some people... They don't, they don't want to, they don't want to do it. And that I think it's okay if they don't want to do it. It's their body, right? It's their body, their choice. That line cannot just apply to one thing. Healthcare is universal and it's for all, right? Well, it, it, not in this country and thank God it isn't because here's a problem with universal healthcare. You're going to get that shot whether you like it or not. So no, universal healthcare is not for this country, Okay. Um, there are there are problems with universal health care, I promise, and that's one of them. The Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines utilize mRNA technology, which is a relatively new approach to vaccination. This has led to concerns about potential side effects and unknown long-term consequences. However, right, it's important to note that mRNA vaccines have been studied for years and the technology 
has shown promise in treating of treating various diseases, including cancer. Right? Um, I'm not a big fan of mRNA. I know a lot of people are not, but it is new technology. It should not be forced into your body because it's new. Uh, nothing should be forced into your body. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not one of those guys who say you shouldn't get your vaccines, okay? I believe that there is a list of vaccinations that keep humanity healthy. I believe that those vaccines should be given to you at birth or sometime after that, you know, throughout your, your, your development as a child so that you can't pass those very dangerous diseases like polio and things like that onto other folks. We have eradicated disease because of vaccinations, Okay, we brought them to the brought disease to its knees because of science and vaccinations. But those things have to be have to be done correctly, and you cannot force people to stick things in their body that they don't want stuck in there. I mean, that's pretty much basically it. There was there was some serious public opinions about the vaccine hesitancy. Right, a significant portion of the population remains hesitant to get vaccinated due to concerns about side effects, distrust in pharmaceutical companies or government agencies, and misinformation circulating on social media has added to this. Listen, man, if you don't trust your government, you're not going to do the things it tells you to do. That includes state governments, states' government as well, and the government you're really supposed to trust is your state government. It isn't the federal government. Right? Your state government, where you live, is the, is, is the place you're supposed to trust. And they prevented polarizing information, too. And it's become a polarizing issue in some countries with political affiliations and ideologies influencing individuals' opinions on vaccines. Like this guy just said, there were Republican people who didn't want to get the... What do you care if Republicans get the vaccine or not? I don't care if Democrats get the vaccine or not. What does my political affiliation or anyone's a political affiliation have to do with getting the vaccine? Nothing. It is a personal choice. Okay? A personal choice. There have been concerns about equitable vaccine distribution with wealthier countries securing more doses. How's that allowed? Leading to vaccine shortages in low and middle income countries and low and middle income housing here in the United States. This has sparked debates about global health equity and the need for a more coordinated international response. So here's what I'm going to tell you, right? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Equity belongs in two places, food and health. No one should be without food. Everyone should have the right to a healthy life. That's it. That's where my equity ends. Uh, there are a lot of conspiracy theories about uh, the vaccine, uh, including claims that they're part of a uh, government or globalist plot to control the population or that they contain harmful substances like microchips. Um, you know, these are silly theories. Microchipping you is a silly theory, Okay. Um, you can think that all you want and you can tell me I'm full of shit. I'm not. All right. There's no, <laughs> there's none of that inside of me. I promise. Okay. So there you go. I'll stand by your past comments indicating that inflation is transitory. It, the problem with the word transitory is that it's become, uh, I think an unhelpful, uh, and much too ambiguous term to describe the trajectory of inflation. It is true that that word or any other word, temporary, any synonym, suggests a condition that where inflation accelerates and then inflation decelerates, it slows down. Now, inflation peaked at 9% in June and most recently was seen at 5%. That's its lowest annual growth rate since November of 2021. And that's the proof. 
That's the proof, right? There's no such thing as transitory inflation. It is a stupid term, okay? Two to five years later, it's worse than ever. Yet, we weren't allowed to acknowledge it as inflation because it was transitory funny, but we sound transphobic here. I mean, that's crazy, right? What do you mean it's transitory? No, it's not. Inflation is not transitory. Inflation happens, and then it goes away. It isn't transitory. The U.S. inflation from 2021 to 2023 was caused by a combination of factors. Firstly, the coronavirus pandemic had enormous impact on global economic activity and led to a sharp rise in consumer prices as demand for goods and services increased significantly due to people staying at home more than usual. Additionally, there were several government stimulus packages that put additional money into circulation, which further contributed to higher prices across many industries. Okay, from 2016 to 2020, there wasn't much evidence of significant inflationary pressures with America's economy being because it experienced one of its longest periods without any recessionary gaps ever recorded before that time. And that's thanks largely due to strong job growth numbers throughout those years, along with relatively low interest rates set by Federal Reserve Bank policymakers who kept them steady until late 2019 when they started increasing slightly prior to 2021's onset. This allowed consumers plenty of room for spending power, thereby limiting how far pricing could go up during this earlier period. So overall cost fluctuations stayed quite moderate compared to with what we've seen lately over the past few years. All right. So look, uh, when a country that has free speech as their number one inalienable right and then allows that number one inalienable right to get trounced on by the very folks we have elected to protect that number one inalienable right, then then you know what we have? We have the second inalienable right, right? So do you really want to go there? I mean, I don't, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to protect the first right. Are you, right? If you say you're willing to defend free speech to your death, then you will need to reevaluate your own life because I will defend free speech to your death, not mine. Now that is the place I do not want to go ever. Do you? For free speech to work, we must have a free flow of ideas. To have a free flow of ideas, we need information. To expel the information, we need messaging. To create a message people can hear, you must deliver it with deference. Is any of that happening? If it isn't, then your government, your media, and your neighbors are deaf. And being deaf is a handicap, not because you're deaf, but because of the rest of the world does not know your language. Now, that is a scary proposition for everyone, especially if you're not deaf and everyone is speaking the same language and you still don't understand. Are you ready? Thank you, folks, for being here with me. We went four minutes over. I'm sorry, uh, but we had to talk about some things. So thank you for being here with Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About with Louis G. I appreciate you being here with me. Have a great day.